Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Long Distance Work Life. We are the podcast where we try to help you make sense of remote and hybrid and mixed and all that kind of work here in the 21st century. I am joined by my partner, Marissa Eikenberry. Marissa, hi. Hi. And I'm Wayne Termel, for those of you who know or care. And today we are talking about annual meetings and doing them in this crazy world of hybrid and remote and what works and what shouldn't we and best practices. And so uh, since we just went through this ourselves and we tend to eat our own dog food here, uh, we will share our experience with our annual meeting and, and kind of take it from there. So Marissa, the floor is yours, lady. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to start off with, and we're going to talk about both remote and hybrid meetings in this episode, but I want to start off with the meetings that are completely done remotely. So when going this complete remote route, especially if you're used to meeting in person, what are some things that leaders need to consider in order to make it an effective meeting? Yeah, uh, there are a couple of things that come to mind. First is, if you're going to do remote, there is a tendency to get two or three people who are in the same place at the same time and and you know maybe we're going to meet in the conference room and everybody else is going to be remote and that may be creating more problems for yourself if everybody's going to be remote or 90 percent of your people are going to be remote i would suggest everybody be on the same platform whatever meeting platform you're using that way everybody can see each other and everybody has access to the chat and their microphone and all of that good stuff. And you don't get little side conversations and people giggling and other people wondering what's going on. Absolutely. So if you're going to have a remote meeting, have a remote meeting. Um, I, I think at that point, especially for annual meetings and, and get togethers, you want to serve a number of functions, right? There are some practical functions that need to happen. We're going to go over the numbers. We're going to, so there are going to be these presentations, you know, what's this year's quota? What are our goals? What are our strategies going into the next year? Yada, 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 yada. Right. That stuff is important. What you have to remember is that human beings are flawed creatures with short attention spans. And in virtual meetings, they are even more flawed and less attentive. And so you need to break the information into small chunks. And, right. and some of that means either frequent breaks. Okay. Or potentially break the information up over a series of days so that people aren't just sitting there staring at their screen for eight hours and bleeding from the eyeballs. And I'm right. not being facetious about this. Right. We've talked about Zoom fatigue a lot in past episodes and how, you know, just trying to do that all day, every day. It's exhausting. Yeah. The, the other thing about this is it really makes you think about what information has to be delivered synchronously. Yes. And what information can be delivered in other forms. That's a great point. So let's say you're going over the strategic goals for the year. 
one of the things that you might want to think about is sending them out in advance or posting them on a Google Doc or something where people can go to them and look at them first so that when I get up and say, let's talk about these for the year, I can do very quick hits and get to the discussion, the questions, the conversation about it. And it's not just delivering content. Yeah, I've heard about a lot of people doing these like asynchronous kind of meetings now. Maybe maybe not necessarily just a document, but even like having a video of them just saying the information and then the meeting is, okay, what questions do you have about it? Yeah, it gets back to what is the value of having a meeting. Yeah, absolutely. And the value of having the meeting is the interaction and the connections and uh, getting questions to answers in real time and all of those things. Okay, great. Maximize that. Yes, that's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, now, this is a variation on the, I just attended a meeting that could have been an email. Yes. And when I ask people, why didn't you just send an email? They say, because nobody reads the bloody email. Right. Um, there is an accountability thing here. Right. Absolutely. In order for this to work, you have to be convinced that the people on the team are going to take it seriously, that they're going to be active participants, that they are going to do the things in advance that are going to be required. Or we're going to make you sit here while we drill all this into your head. It's your choice. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is for our team members that are listening to this, if they send you a video, watch it. Otherwise, you will sit through longer meetings. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy notion, right? Right, right. Just do what you're asked to do, right? <laughs> so with so there's a few things when it's a fully remote meeting. You you obviously want a chance to do it in small doses because people can't absorb that much. You want to rethink how much information you're presenting in a synchronous manner. That's yep. another part. And you got to remember, depending on the size of the group, I mean, are we talking about a 300-person all-hands meeting or are we talking about a team or a division meeting? So, for example, our team is 13 people. Yeah. Uh, 11 of whom were in the room. Right. For the meeting. And a couple of people joining differently. That's different than everybody being. Last year, we actually had to do it totally virtually. Uh, the year before that, we were too. Yeah. And so what we did, and again, learn from our pain, is you have to build some fun and some interaction. One of the big reasons we wanted to get together was to work as a team. That means you're going to want to take advantage of breakout rooms and small groups or have this group meet online. You know, so Bob, you set up a meeting for these five people. I'll set up the meeting for these five people here. We'll do it in small groups. And then at such and such a time, we will reconvene and debrief as a team. Right. And you can do that in breakout rooms. You can do that um, by other times. Again, if you're keeping your meetings short and creating time in between where other things can happen, that's one way to address that. Yeah, I remember that last year, one of the things that we had done was, you know, because we're used to, we have meetings all day for like two straight days, if yeah. we're all in person. And I think we broke them out to what, three or four days? Yeah, we actually broke it out over four days. Um, 
which by the way, also, if you're going to have a completely virtual meeting, you're probably dealing with time zones. Right. Right. When we were all in Indianapolis together last week, uh, the meeting started at nine o'clock. Everybody's in the room at nine o'clock. Well, if you're doing that virtually nine o'clock in Indianapolis is 6 a.m. in Las Vegas for me. Right. Thank God you're a morning person, right? <laughs> well, yeah, thank God I'm a morning person. Uh, and, you know, I physically couldn't. I had something that needed right. to happen on Friday. So I actually had to leave and I joined the meeting virtually on Friday, which now brings us to the second part of what you wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about hybrid meetings. So, uh, you know, we're going to give an example of how we did this at the time of recording it. Our end of the year meetings happened last week. Um, But I I guess if you're doing a hybrid meeting, so we've talked about the all remote ones. What are some things from a hybrid perspective you need to think about? And then then we can chat about what we did last week. At at its very essence, you want to make sure that if people are joining remotely, that they are getting value for their time. It's very, very easy for everything to default to the people in the room. And essentially, we're broadcasting to the people out in the provinces what's going on in the room and sucks you couldn't be here. Right. And you don't want that to be the experience. You want them to feel included you want them to be able to participate and you're paying them probably decent money to add value to the team and you want them to have the opportunity to do that of course now i think it's worth i think it's worth discussing how we handled it and this was your baby i mean you were in charge and i thought you did a terrific job but why don't you explain what we did i mean here's yeah. the circumstances we have 13 14 members of the team 11 of whom were able to assemble in indianapolis for very different reasons there were three of us who couldn't right so I was going to say, I'll, I'll just get started. So, um, you know, some of you who have listened to the show already know that like, I'm our tech person, I'm our studio person. I do video, I do audio and, and in addition to everything else that I do. So we have a studio at Remarkable House in Indianapolis. So we had a good camera, we have a boom mic, we have all of these things that can really make this kind of environment a little better than just a webcam and, you know, a conference mic sitting on a table. So let me yeah. just highlight this. This may require some investment. Yes. You cannot just put a squawk box in the middle of the table and expect your remote people to have a good experience. I can attest having that boom mic made a huge difference. I could actually hear the day that I couldn't attend. Yeah. I could actually hear everybody in the room. And it wasn't like muffle, muffle, muffle. Everybody laughs. Wayne has to guess what just happened. Right. Which is something that I was afraid of when we first started setting this up because, you know, we've never done this before. This idea of trying to do something hybrid like this, it, it was new. And there was a lot of stuff that we were learning on the fly to figure out, is this even going to work at all, to be quite honest about it. But one of the things that I did, uh, so we always set up the room with the tables in a U shape. 
and I sat essentially in the center of the bottom of the U and I had a camera right next to me. We had a DSLR that we used so that way we could try to get a good decent portion of the room. Um, If you have different lenses, you might be able to get way more of the room than I was able to, but but I'll talk about how I adjusted for that here in a minute. But I, you know, focused on basically the the slide projection screen and whomever was talking. In this case, this would be Kevin, um, our chief potential officer, who was sitting up at the top of the U, essentially, on one of the sides. And so I had the camera focused in that direction. And the boom mic was over there with him. It was connected to the camera. Everything could hear correctly and all that good, happy stuff. In addition to that, we had that camera going into a Zoom meeting. And on that Zoom meeting, Kevin was sharing his slides. Because one of the things that we knew very early on was, okay, if I have this camera set up, you are not going to see that screen very well. And we wanted to make sure that the people who were joining us virtually could see the slides just as well as everyone else. So that was one of the reasons why we had shared slides instead, in addition to the camera to just kind of give the atmosphere of the room. And I didn't do this at the very start. And Wayne, you wouldn't have known this because Thursday you were with us live. But at the very start, I had just kind of kept the camera in one spot. And as people were talking, it was like, you know, I could just move the camera <laughs> to whoever is speaking. Yeah, you've got it on a swivel and, oh, look, there's Marlene. And there's- yeah. Yeah. So, and so that's essentially what I did. And granted, if you're going to do this, the person who's running the camera needs to know what they're doing because I did have to adjust for the focus and I had to adjust, you know, how high or low the camera was all at the same time. And you also want to make sure that whoever is swiveling the camera knows not to just jerk it around 180 degrees and make everybody sick. Yeah. Motion sickness is no fun. Preach. <laughs> I, I would say there's a couple of other things that yeah. you did too, which was really important. You mentioned making sure that the slides were being projected in the Zoom meeting and not just doing it off the screen. That was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing you did, and you're probably about to mention this, but it was important, which was you had the chat open. Yes. And you had somebody, and now it was you doing all of this because yes. you're a superwoman and you can multitask like crazy. But the point is there was somebody monitoring the chat. Right. So that if there was a technical problem, we could address it right yep. away. But more importantly, we were able to participate fully in the meeting to the point where we're making jokes and we're taking shots at somebody's shirt and we're doing whatever we're doing, but you were on the spot saying, Hey, Angie says this, right. Or Wayne has a question. And that was happening in real time. It wasn't like we put in our question and 20 minutes later, somebody finally answered. Of course. Yeah. And sense of urgency and immediacy that really made it work. Absolutely. And and some people that are listening to this, because I, I have posted about this on LinkedIn already and I got a comment about it. So I'm, I'm just going to flat out address it, that we chose specifically not to have a speaker in the middle of the room to project out the voices of the people who were on the virtual call. Would that have made it a richer experience? Absolutely. Did we have the equipment to do that? No. 
we didn't. And we don't do this all the time. And so we worked with what we had and did the best that we could. And so, you know, in this case, that meant that, yeah, I was watching the chat while I'm swiveling a camera and I'm trying to pay attention to the meeting. And I would recommend that to be multiple people rather than just one person. But that's <laughs> that's how we did it last week. And it worked out just fine, to be honest. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things I think that are worth highlighting. Yeah. Number one is you aim for the best possible situation and then work back from there. Yes. <laughs> you don't start with, well, we're going to be in a hotel meeting room and it's not great. So we'll just do this. No, you start with how do we make this optimal and work backwards until you get what you can actually achieve. Right. right? That makes a difference. The other thing, and this is not to be underestimated, there was stuff that happened at the meeting that was housekeeping, that was this or that. The people virtually connected didn't have to deal with all that. Yeah, that's a great point too. They joined when the parts where they could receive and add value were included. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, the meeting went all day and the people in the meeting room were dying. <laughs> but those of us connected were able to parcel out our attention to the things that really mattered, right? We didn't have to sit around and watch everybody order their lunch. Right. Because that doesn't add any value and just makes it painful. Well, Plus, everybody in the room was getting lunch and I'm sitting at home going. Yeah. Well, and to your point too, like what that also meant was that you know, on Friday, like we had some some breakout meetings uh, in general that happened. And so we told you guys, OK, we're going to start at X time. And on Thursday when we had gone to lunch. So um, on Thursday, we only had two people remotely logging in and and one of them left before lunch. And so the other one was going to come on. And so she had texted me and said, hey, let me know when you guys are back for lunch. So I know when to get back on. So that communication is really helpful too and making sure that your virtual people who aren't in the room know what's going on because they're not there when you guys are all walking back from lunch. They have no idea. Yeah, and basically it's wonderful to assume that everybody coming to the meeting is motivated. And in a perfect world, they are. I mean, we have a, a yeah. small team. We're very motivated. We wanted to get together. We understood the value of this. And so, you know, when you're motivated and when you care, you actually put forth some effort. Right. And you don't want to make it so painful or, uh, you know, the logistics so clunky that that effort doesn't feel like it's rewarded or appreciated. Right. Yeah. We were glad that they were there live. Yeah. And so they were able to fully participate. They were able to add value. We didn't make them sit there when they didn't have to sit there. Um, and, and that's a pretty good set of guidelines. I mean, if people do what we did and depending on the size of the group and the facilities you have at your disposal, you know, if the meeting's all remote, we've already covered some basics yeah. for that. If you are doing a hybrid meeting, I think these are the things that we need to think about. And I just, you know, if you haven't figured out by now, Marissa is super competent and she is really good at what she does. And we pulled it off. I think it was a successful meeting, all things considered. Yeah, I think we learned a lot. And I think we learned some things that if we have to do it, we know how to do it a little bit better next time. And 
you know, now we can share these lessons with you. Our pain is your learning, right. dear listener. That's Unfortunately, we, we didn't have a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, it was relatively painless. It was relatively painless. Um, Wayne, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I think that this was a great way to start off the year. For those of you that are listening, we hope you had a wonderful holiday and that you're back and ready, ready to get on with 2023. So we want to thank you so much for listening to the Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. This helps our show reach more teammates and leaders just like you. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. And let us know you listen to this episode or even suggest a topic for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to learn more about remote teams, pre-order Wayne and Kevin's new book, The Long Distance Team. You can learn more about the book at longdistanceworklife.com forward slash team. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down.